Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to another episode of the No Further Comments Podcast, a.k.a. the NFC. This is episode number 17. 17. That's right. The week of December 12th. Glenn, let's uh, let's holler out the social media real quick. Some uh, some folks have been checking us out, man. Okay. The podcast is spreading. If anybody wants to get at us, I'm on Instagram, Twitter at Alex underscore Meacham, M E A C H A M. They can get at me on Snapchat, Mario at Big Meach forty one. I, I don't approve of Snapchat. You will. I don't believe Snapchat exists. You you can't find it online. I've tried. What's your social media, Glenn? Uh, pretty much everything is um, Glenn Riley work. If you just Google me, you come up with my Facebook. I'm the one that's not the rugby player and or the guitar player. I wish you were. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of Glenn Rallies out there that, and, and I know they they just super salty that I got the GlennRally.com <laughs> URL, and I'm doing nothing with it, guys. I'm, I'm just holding it. I'm holding it, waiting for my price. Go sell it. How was your weekend? Oh, it's cool. I was um, getting over a cold, so I've been pretty much on, on on the chill mode for the the last week. But everything's all good now. Yeah, you had your uh, flu game podcast last weekend. Yeah, it, it was epic. I wish I had a spittoon that I could, I could just 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 hark into whenever. It's all about the phlegm, man. Now, our, shout out our super producer Mario, who shout was on Mario. point. He was on point last uh, last Monday. Mario had a lot lot of um, um, observations that, that that may or may not. And, and I'm I'm um, we're working on um, your girlfriend, um, Brittany Renner. We're, we're we're all sending sending um text out to her whenever possible. Um, sent telling her to you know you need she needs to she needs to get her game on point for Mario. <laughs> what do you got planned this week? Anything special? No, I ain't doing nothing. I got to work on the weekend, I think, so. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Mario, what do you got planned out? Uh, pretty much just work it, being the best Mario Doremus in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Boy, I tell you what, he's starting off right nice. today. <laughs> you are no longer coming off the bench, buddy. You are starting. <laughs> Speaking of that. It's the Jersey game. Number 17. Number 17. Let's start off with baseball, Glenn. Uh, baseball, we got some decent people. Um, Mark Grace, who was one of my favorite players growing up. Oh, yeah. In, in, in the baseball card game, my, one of my proudest um, collections was was nine pristine Mark Grace cards filling up a whole whole page as, as they had. In, uh, those sheets? Those yeah, clear sheets? Yeah. So yeah. All, all nine of them. Rated rookie, Don Russ, Mark Grace rookies. Wow. Dun- what was the other one? Uh, Tops? Fleer. Um, later on, Score. Um, then Upper Deck. And then, and then the game got, got saturated and ruined. But um, Mark Grace, like, f- fell from grace once he retired. I think he was – alcoholic or something he like lost a job um broadcasting for um the yeah, diamondbacks I yeah i was, yeah, I was yeah. salty because not for him but just for my card value because <laughs> I, I think he had more hits in the 90s than anybody else in baseball really yeah well you know that he he smoked before during and after games okay it was well documented he would smoke a cigarette in the dugout they what that, that chewing tobacco is just a just a, a cheap imposter for the for the real real thing. <laughs> and now, then taking his number now is um, NL MVP 
Um, Chris Bryant. Okay. Yes. There you go. For the Cubs. And also, um, back in the 80s, um, your boy Keith Hernandez. Um, no stranger to the, um, the, the, the liquor as well. As well as um, um, rumored the 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 nose the nose liquor, <laughs> and of course Cincinnati Red, the God Chris Sabo. That that was the one I was waiting. Oh, for. Oh, we know we 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 we, we this, the best for last, like Vanessa Williams. Um, Chris Sabo, <laughs> as, as you'll recall, died for our sins as as, as it was once um, graffiti written over the Norwood lateral in Cincinnati, Ohio. I once had a picture of that. There's a picture still online of it. Oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah. Yeah, I actually took a picture with those little uh, disposable cameras okay. you can buy. I thought it was so cool, but anyway. Yeah, that that that's that's the most epic of Cincinnati graffiti right there. there, oh, without there a doubt. There's no other. Without a doubt. All right, let's move along to hoops. Uh, only one I could think of was um, Chris Mullen. Okay. For um, Golden State. Ironically, Chris Mullen and Chris Sabo had the same haircut. It is true. <laughs> yeah, they both they both were, were um had the military buzz cut. Sure did. Anybody else? Mm, I know Mario's probably thinking, um, where's Jonas Valanciunas? <laughs> but, but, but 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 um that's that's all I can think of in in basketball. I've got one for you. Okay. And you mentioned his ex wife. Okay. Vanessa Williams. Oh, Talk about the uh, Rick Fox, the pretty boy, pretty boy Rick, Rick Fox, Fox, number yeah. seventeen for the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what to make of Rick Fox. Rick Fox is still acting, right? I hope so. You know, he, <laughs> he, always gets, he always get gets these gigs on like black shows. He was like, oh, whoa, got a got a <laughs> Rick Fox will be on Empire tonight as as a detective. It's uh, always some 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 offbeat uh, occupation he's got. You know what I loved about Rick Fox is whenever you would watch a Lakers game or whoever he was playing for at that time, the commentators would always say how good-looking he was. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, 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 he's just such a good-looking guy. It's just inappropriate. <laughs> it's like his head was too big for his body, too. Like, <laughs> like he just had, like, a, a, a handsome head. It was like like an NBA Jam's head. Well, he had the um, he had the I'll Be Sure curl for a little bit. Remember yeah. when he shaved his head? Yeah. With the Lakers? I was disappointing. Yeah. Rick Rick Fox, ladies and gentlemen. Who else you have in hoops? Anybody else? Um, not really. Havlicek. Okay. That's right. The the Celtics basically have every number from like one to twenty five <laughs> retired with with somebody. Yeah. Yeah, Havlicek was um historical like records is just slept on. Like I don't I don't other than, you know, the call with him stealing the ball, I have zero um imagery of like of of what John Havlicek looked like or embodies as a as a basketball player but but damn if he is like fifth in, in scoring all time it's just like yeah yeah crazy how on the list of stuff like he's probably the all-time leading Celtic scorer yeah it's like Havlicek yeah but yeah whatever whatever blame the game blame it on the game now he's from Martins Ferry Ohio okay it's right near uh Wheeling okay do you know where do you go to school at where did he go to school? I don't know. Did he go to school? I hope so. He, he, he went straight to the league for, for, <laughs> Back from Williamsburg. <laughs> I'm not even sure. Yeah. Mario, do you know? No no one knows John Havlicek. John Havlicek came. I don't know where he went to school. I, don't, I, can, I can fact check it for you. Yeah. Could but you? Kenny Anderson also wore number 17. True. True. 
which time? Which 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 school? I mean, which team? Havlicek went to Ohio State. By okay. The way. Oh, the, yeah. Should have legendary. Should have should have known that, right? Mario Kenny Anderson, buddy. Well, when he played with the Celtics. Uh, I mean, I know he's seven with the Nets. He was twelve at, in college and high school. Yeah, he was seven with the Celtics. Yeah, he, but I, I feel like Kenny Anderson was seventeen at one point. I'm sure at some point he was. Wasn't Sam Cassell seventeen? I don't know. No, Mario Ellie was seventeen. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Okay. Football. Football. What do you got? What do you got? Pretty strong lineup in football. Uh, Philip Rivers currently. Yep. Um, Charlie Ward, Heisman Trophy winner yep. at Florida State. Never played pro football. Played for the Knicks in basketball. Um, Harold Carmichael, who is who is that? the tallest receiver in NFL history for a great deal of uh, of his career. He was six foot eight. Played for the Eagles. Mario's Eagles. Mario, do you know who that is? Mario has no idea. You don't know who Harold Carmichael is? That was like Jaworski's uh, main target, I, I'd imagine. Mario. I was not alive. Back in the Wilbur Montgomery age. Do you know who Wilbur Montgomery is? No. That's a shame. You 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 are you are not you are not, you you are an illegitimate Eagles fan. <laughs> who else you have? Uh Doug Williams. Uh, first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl. That's right. Out of out of grambling. He had um he was he was number twelve earlier in his career with um, the Buccaneers. But he was seventeen for the Redskins, and um, Don Meredith, Dandy Don, who was um, Howard Cosell's uh, Monday Night uh, par- par- partner for um, years. Okay, yeah, he was famous for his um, turn out the lights, the party's over. He would say that as as the sing the um, song as as. Um, the fourth quarter came came winding down and the team okay. no longer had a do, chance. Will you do that one more time? It's so sad. Things must come to an end. Turn out the lights. The party's <laughs> over. Somebody should And tomorrow that. starts the same old thing again. There you go, wow. people. That was great. I know I know my country. I'm a, I'm a little bit country. I'm a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> uh, sex with chocolate. Let's talk a little bit about the NFL. A lot going on. Week 14 leaders. Okay. We're going to go through this quickly. AFC East, the Pats are 10-2. and two. In the AFC North, the Steelers are 8-5. and five. And Glenn, your Cincinnati Bengals are 5-7. and seven. Another win. Pac-Man Jones. He said Terrell Pryor was, was, was garbage. Garbage. Yeah, garbage. He said it what, about twelve times. Yeah, it's about right. And then pointed to a garbage can. And pointed to a garbage can. One of, one of his teammates pulled up a garbage can so that he would have that as a prop. What do you think about those comments? Uh, I mean, he had a, a horrible game. It was like one catch for like three yards. So I mean, Pac-Man is deserve it to say what he wants to say. But Terrell Pryor's on pace for a thousand yard season. So. It is what it is. Yeah. The Browns are 0-13. The Browns are, are three games from being the tied for the worst record ever. Jeez. With the 0-7 do you, Lions. Do you go for it at this point or what? 
Go for it. Uh, it's weird. I mean, I always wish. I mean, I saw a special on um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they first started, and I think they went twenty zero oh, and twenty three. Uh-huh. But the season was only fourteen games, so okay. they they had the longest losing streak. But they um, their their winless season wasn't zero oh, and sixteen, so they they're not theoretically worse than what the Lions were in 07. Okay. But um, <clears throat> it's interesting. I mean, you know, I think you got the first pick clinched. <laughs> you, you think? <laughs> so, so I don't, I don't think that there's no, like, um, supreme quarterback prospect, you know, coming down the line that they're going to get. So, you know, you just get the best player available and move, move on from there. Right. Well, in the AFC South, South, the Texans are seven and six. The Titans are seven and six. In the AFC West, the Chiefs are ten and three. And the Raiders, the Raiders are ten and three. In NFC East, the big game, the Cowboys versus the Giants. The Cowboys are now eleven and two, losing to the Giants for the second time. I guess they got their number. The Giants are strange like that. In in the past decade, have had these teams in which they're relatively mediocre but they have a dominant line and they can rush the passer and depending on what the matchup is that's just kryptonite to the the team they're facing i mean you know no one thinks either of those patriot teams were better or or, or worse than those giants teams but Mm -hmm. they just matched up great against them and it is what it is and i think that's kind of what the deal is with um the cowboys is it romo time that's the controversy of the day. It shouldn't be, but it it, it seems as if um, they're just just hell bent on on getting Romo in because because that's Jerry Jerry Jones' um, son, right? Mario, is it Romo time? Why would you even ask that? They lost two games this year. That's that's a redundant question. Eleven and two, still got the best record in football. No, it's not Romo time. Okay, but think. Well, here's what I heard someone saying. Um, they were saying that Romo's best game is better than Dak's best game, and if you're going to win a Super Bowl, don't you want to have your A plus game at least on the table? And that that was that was the theory, and. My comeback to that was your chances of getting that A-plus game for Romo is maybe 15%, while your chance of getting the B-plus game that Dak is providing is probably about 80%. So I'd rather – it would almost be like going into a, a math test at school and saying, I got a sure B, do I want to risk uh, A for an F? And you, and you just don't do it. Yeah, no, it's it's as simple as this, right? Tony Romo has one playoff win. One. It's one more than Dak. That's it. <laughs> Mario, your Eagles are 5-8 and eight in NFC East. And you have not been wearing your Eagles fleece. I'm the one wearing green today. You are. Mario, where's your Eagles fleece, by the way? It's at home, hanging up. I'll tell you where it's at. It's at <laughs> Wilbur Montgomery's house. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts on the Eagles, Mario, real quick? They're still in the playoff hunt. Okay. In the NFC North, the Lions are 9-4. and four. In the NFC South, the Falcons are 8-5. and five. The Bucks are 8-5. and five. 
In the NFC West, the Seahawks are eight and four, and Sam Fran is one and twelve. And there was a firing in that division today. Who's that? Jeff Fisher of the Rams, who had been feuding with 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 the legend Eric Dickerson the past couple. One of weeks. my favorite running backs. Of oh all no time. doubt. Yeah, Eric Dickerson is deity status in my mind. With the with the curl and the and, and the, the goggles? goggles, yeah, it was it was just it just just straight ahead running like a, like a like a like a robot. <laughs> well, Black Monday started early this year, yeah. but then they just give him a contract extension. Apparently, they announced it like last week, which was stupid because they signed it in the off season, and a lot of people thought that Fisher, his devious plan was to draft Jared Goff, and then that set the timetable on the franchise like two years down the road because no one could fire you and say, well, hey, why are you firing? You had a, a rookie a rookie QB. So, you know, no, you know that you, you kind of had a built-in excuse for failure. But I think once, once you piss off Eric Dickerson, you're on the clock. Yeah, what, what was the deal with that, with, with Dickerson? I, I heard he made some comments in regards to the team, the players, and the coaches, correct? Uh, mainly about the coach, and I think they um, Fisher didn't want him on the sidelines uh, because he was he was he was throwing shade on, on, on the L.A. Rams. So you, you know you know what the talk is now. Um, Jim let, Jim let, Harbaugh. Let, let Mario hear this. Jim Harbaugh, the the um, the 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 currently enraged about the Ohio State game. Jim Harbaugh. Um, is 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 now rumored to be um, uh, possibly you know up for that position. Mario, could this happen? No, it won't happen for two reasons. One, Jim Harbaugh has a goal of making the college football playoffs, and two, he has another goal of beating the Ohio State uh, Buckeyes, which he's failed to do either thus far. But he will accomplish both, and then maybe he'll leave. Uh, he had a goal win the Super Bowl once once upon a time as well. But he At, went to the Super Bowl. Well, winning ain't, ain't he went to the Ohio State game. Well, he, <laughs> at least he got to the Super Bowl. Yeah. He, 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 he got to the Ohio State game. And also beat Jim or beat the Ohio State Buckeyes, which like I said, he will do both. Well, eventually, I'm sure if you stay around for Army finally beat beat uh, Navy this year, but it took him fifteen years. Now now, Glenn, do you think he will leave Michigan? And coach the Rams. I think the recruits really need to be aware that 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 this is an option on the table. Um, all the five star recruits that are thinking about Ann Arbor, you got to wonder. Um, you have this coach who never spends more than four years any place. It, it it just seems it just seems like a dubious outfit. You 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 get these young men to 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 pledge allegiance to a school. Um, they're there for the school, but is, is the school there there for them? Are the, you using the podcast to? Sp- to like literally try to steal recruits from uh, Michigan, <laughs> I'm just saying it 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 speaks of character. <laughs> and I mean, and and who who you know? Let us be honest. If you got choice to live in uh um the state up north or or lovely Los Angeles, California, I mean, I, I don't think there's a question. I mean, I, I don't know how many people are vacationing in in, in Ann Arbor. Well, I, I, I mean, what's the temperature like today? I want to do this. I want Mario and Glenn to continue another discussion that we had after our last podcast. Oh, okay. And that's this. We mentioned earlier the Lions are 9-4. and four. Well, recently, and speaking of the Lions, we 
Um, we, we, we talked about them before. I know, Glenn, you talked about uh, watching them on Thanksgiving. Well, recently, I posted on Facebook a video of Barry Sanders and his highlights. And people were enthralled with it. They, I mean, people were commenting saying he is the greatest running back of all time, and that is something that Mario believes in. I want to pose to both of you. I, I know what you're going to say, Mario, and Glenn, I, I know what you're going to say too, but is Barry Sanders the greatest running back of all time? Mario. Without a doubt, yeah. Why? <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> well, first of all, I'll say like this. Everybody in the top 10 all-time rushers, right, has at least has played at least 10 years. Okay. Barry Sanders is third all-time rushing, played nine years. He played at least 15 games for every single year except one, which he played 11. He got hurt. Oh, he got hurt. House has got not the greatest running back of all time. He's in the 2,000-yard club. He's got 99 career rushing touchdowns. Guess who never got hurt? And he has 10 receiving. Yeah, I hear you, man. I'm just saying he's not – if he if he's not the if he's not the greatest, then who would be better? Well, the consensus pick is, is, is Jim Brown. Jim Brown is considered the greatest football player, period, regardless of positions. Jim Brown literally um was made of granite. He was the um um he he once beat he was he was a steel driving man. He beat a machine. Um <laughs> <laughs> putting putting stakes in the ground at a railroad. No, Jim Brown is is is, is un- unquestionable. Um, he won the, he won the title. He never missed a single game. He um won um, NFL MVP twice. But Barry Sanders never did that. No, he never did that. But he also was on a, a, a lot of bad teams. Well, the only of, of which he couldn't make better in Detroit. Well, he could, if he's a great player, make make their teams successful. Where does he rank on the all time leading rush, rushing list? Uh, I'm not sure where it stands Barry right Sanders? now. Was it? Was it Mario? Barry Sanders? Yeah, yeah. Third. He's third. He's currently third. Yeah, because Walter Payton's first, right? No, Emmitt Smith is first. Emmitt's and first. Payton. Payton second. Okay. The problem with Barry Sanders, and I mean, like you know, Barry Sanders is, it was, was was ridiculously good. I mean, like like I mean. Not to, not to take anything away from him, but he l- lost yardage on more carries than any running back in history. And what that tended to do with a lot of their teams was you'd give the ball to Barry Sanders and he'd lose yards. It might be second and 12. Well, after second and 12, the Lions would then pass on second down, pass on third down, and punt. Because the the loss of yards didn't keep the offense on schedule. Now take someone like Terrell Davis, who is not theoretically as good of back as Sanders, but if you gave the ball to Terrell Davis in the four years where he just had like the, the epic run, they gained four yards, they gained five yards, they gained six yards, and he kept the offense on schedule. It's almost like what Ezekiel Elliott is doing right now with you, you, I don't think Ezekiel Elliott is the best running back in football, but the system that they got going right now, you give him the ball twice, you probably get a first down. And that keeps the whole game plan, that keeps the defense off the field. And, and Barry Sanders would have a joint in which he got stopped on 
15 carries in a game, then he'd have one carry for a 65-yard touchdown and two more carries for 25 yards. And you say, well, gee, Barry Sanders got off. He had 150 yards today. And it's like, yeah, but it was only like two drives in which that really assisted your team on a score as opposed to someone who just churns it out carry after carry like Emmett and and um, Terrell were doing. That kind of makes for a better game plan. But that's irrelevant because that's like saying if someone has 130 yards rushing but then they have a 65-yard carry within that 130 yards that, oh, well, if you take away that 65-yard carry, he didn't even have 100 yards rushing. But he did. He had that run. Like, so that's that's redundant. No, There's no it, point in saying that. Like, you do you understand math as no, far as I like understand the, math, no, no, I'm not understand football. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about. <laughs> are you are you familiar with the concept of of the mean? In, I, know, in, I know what the in, mean is. Yeah. So so the problem is his mean carry was so low that it 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 affected the game. If you go on a suppose I can I can guarantee you a 99 yard run every game. Well, that puts seven points on 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 the scoreboard. But after that, you're getting stopped every time. So that does nothing for you after the fact. And that was the problem, oftentimes with Barry Sanders. Like like it, this this isn't a a rogue thought. This is a, a, a consensus of a lot of football experts that Barry Sanders' career, though spectacular, what Emmitt Smith was doing with the Cowboys, who obviously had a better line, but the effectiveness of the Cowboys running game was way more. There were the Lions many years did not have the best running game in the the NFL. Because are you familiar with the stat that's called like um, success rate? And, and it's a one of the nouveau stats in football. And it basically says how what percentage of your runs are over four yards. So it's almost like a completion percentage for running backs. So if you don't like and, and they also it, it it varies. So like if this you know if it's fourth and two, then a three yard run becomes a, a successful run. But if it's first and ten, you have to get like over like four yards where for it to be considered a success. And Barry Sanders like completion percentage as like a running back was probably way lower than that of of many of the top backs. And by the way, OJ Simpson. The best player of the 70s in which running backs were at a premium. So he was the best player by a large margin in the most important position in football during the decade that he played in. And I know he may have allegedly murdered two people. Allegedly. Allegedly, people. But O.J. Simpson, no joke. From from, from 72 to, to 79, Orenthal James was was hell to take to the captain. He was a killer. <laughs> he, he, was a, he was a beast. <laughs> Mario. I'm like this. I'm ending like this. In, yep. This is me. No disrespect to OJ Simpson. He was a great football player. None. A great man. Jim Brown, because he was an exceptional football player. <laughs> an exceptional, yeah. But <laughs> the guy Jim Sanders, Brown. Third all time rushing. Nine y'all or nine years playing. And I'm gonna put this into perspective for you. Look at games compared Walter to Walter Payton get, played for 12 years. Check, check Jim Brown's game. Check Jim Brown's game. Emmy Smith played for 20 plus years. How many how many years First. did Jim Brown play? 
He's in third place with nine years of football. Jim Brown played nine years of football. And played 14 games, not 16 games. And never missed a game. And finished finished as league MVP in his final year and retired to act. Okay, but where is he at on the rushing list, though? I don't know. And he did. He played ten years. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you where he was on the rushing list when he left. He was number one. And then uh, let's see. Other players came in, right? Well, put like who played the most games? Because Barry Sanders, by playing two more games every year, that equates to to a, uh, an additional year in 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 Jim Brown's fourteen game schedule years. So that that that's that's neither here nor there. Why did Why did Barry Sanders retire? He got sick of Matt Millen. No, I, I just think it was. Um, I don't think he he, he approved the way the um, the coach was going. Uh, I think they had just brought in um, a new dude. Wayne Fonts was out, and, uh-huh. um, and um, I forget the guy they brought in from. Um, and they refused to uh, let him be a, become a free agent. Oh, for real? Oh, okay. So it was weird. I mean, I, I was salty that he retired because Barry Sanders w- was getting the record. I mean, that's just kind of I mean. You, I mean, you literally couldn't stop Barry Sanders from getting like fourteen thousand. I mean, fourteen hundred yards rushing every year. Like uh-huh. that, that was just just, just happening because I mean, he, he was just too good. I mean, like like as pure running talent, it's tough to put anyone ahead of him. But at, what I'm saying is, you know, I mean, Jim Brown is like if you if you talk to people who play with Jim Brown, they they don't speak to that as if that guy is human, like. He was like 230 pounds when like linemen were 240 pounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Jim Brown is basically if Adrian Peterson played in the 1960s. That that's that's who Jim Brown was then. Yeah. Well, hey, moving along to college football, we've had a little bit of shakedowns in the coaching world here, haven't we? Yeah. So the Cincinnati Bearcats, Tommy Tuberville, he stepped down. I know you hated to see that. Well, you, you were you were just. You were distraught this whole <laughs> Alex was inconsolable for this weekend. I was pushing for my guy Charlie Strong uh-huh. to become the next head coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats. And one of the reasons why he strong-armed you. I wanted to see my nephew okay. as a Cincinnati Bearcat. Well, now your nephew's going to South Florida. Charlie Strong is the new head coach of USF. Willie Taggart has left and gone to Oregon. I don't know anything about Willie Taggart, except, except that's the blackest name I've heard in years. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a uh, like the the black cop on uh, Police Academy yeah, or something. Yeah, t- yeah. his name is something <laughs> like that. I don't remember. But uh, he's leaving USF with a ten and two record. So okay. so he's leaving Charlie in good hands. It's not like the the teams. The, you know, the cupboard's not bare. Exactly. And and the other thing too about it is Charlie Strong has coached. In the state of Florida for 15 years. Okay. So he has a pretty good understanding. He's got the network built up. Absolutely. And I, I wanted to see him, but obviously it didn't work out. Luke Fickle from your Ohio State Buckeyes yeah. yep. is the new Bearcat coach. Now the deal is a lot of fans wanted Luke Fickle to bring assistant coach Kerry Combs okay. with him. He's one of the coaches from uh, Ohio State. And everyone was really no excited. No relation to Puff Daddy. No relation. So people were really excited about this combo deal. And the, and the the thought process was Fickle would be here for a couple years, three or four years, build it up, 
leave, take another job, and then Kerry Combs would step in and take the job. Okay. Now, Glenn, it's my understanding it's that understanding. you do not like the process of having a coach for three to four years and then bringing another guy who might be there three or four years. Well, you're just guaranteeing just mediocrity because if you view yourself as a stepping stone program, then you're going to be a stepping stone program. It would, it would almost be like like – like dating a woman and just saying, like, yeah, I know she's gonna leave me after a year, but we gotta make the best of it while we got it. It's like that's just, that's just the wrong attitude to have. Mario, you agree with this? No, I agree 100 percent with Glenn, and I and I hate to agree with Glenn. I know you but do. I do. Because he says I think that. That's why it was important that they get a candidate like a Charlie Strong, because at that point, I think you kind of elevate your school to being like, okay, well, this is a program where. Uh, a coach with a name can come versus a coach who's trying to develop a name. Yeah. Right. And Charlie Strong, having had the Texas experience, you can almost say, like, okay, the bloom is off the rose that he can do it at the biggest programs. Mm -hmm. So maybe he finds a comfort zone at a, you know, quote-unquote secondary program like, like Cincinnati. But I don't have a problem with that formula at all. I don't have a problem with the guy. So if Luke Fickle comes in and he's here, let's say four years, and he builds it up, and the next guy comes in, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I would rather have that. Now, listen, I would have loved to have Charlie Strong and what you just said, Mario, but I would prefer that than getting a guy like Tommy Tuberville. Now, Tommy Tuberville comes here as he's saying this would be his last stop, which I truly believe if he didn't step down or get fired, that this was his last stop. You know, if you go look at the Xavier form formula, Xavier Hoops, okay, they basically adopted that formula. So Skip Prosser, he was here a little bit longer, but he was here, what, seven years, okay? So then Mata comes in. Mata's here three years. He goes and takes the Ohio State job. Sean Miller steps in, takes it. Now, these were all assistants. Yeah. Miller takes it. He's here five years. He jumps on. Now, Chris Mack, who was an assistant. Now, Mack's been here seven years. Believe it or not, Chris Mack has had more success than all those other coaches. Okay. In the NCAA tournament. I and Xavier, in my opinion, from Skip Prosser to Mack right now, they've had they've had a lot of success. And I, I think that formula I know basketball's a little little different than football, but You think? I, I don't <laughs> but but that formula there, and they're they're very conscious of that. Because Mac Mac could have left. He could have went to like Louisville was a was some was a job if Patino was fired, yeah, or or Patino steps down, Mac probably would have been the coach of the Louisville Cardinals, and then insert the next guy. I hear you, but the, but the problem with guys really from like the same coaching tree though, like bringing a guy in from a different coaching tree is is a lot different because they have to establish themselves within the program, right? And I think that's the thought process of Kerry Combs coming with. Luke Fickle. Well, well yeah, and plus, but that. at basketball, people don't have like an offense. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you bring, um, you know, if 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 Jim Harbaugh goes to the Rams, which which I'm hearing might be the case, <laughs> and, and and you bring in like Art Briles, like you know, disgraced um, Baylor coach Art Briles, <laughs> that's that doesn't pop off immediately because you you're you you're recruiting to your system. And in basketball, it's just kind of like, you know, I don't want to say coaches don't have their systems, but it's a lot more malleable to, you know, the players that you have. 
And you have a thing going on now that the top schools are shuffling through players left and right. Like nobody, right? Nobody on Kentucky this year will be here. Will we'll see their junior year. So with a team like Xavier, you can have success at that secondary level. Like, what is if you were to rank all the the current um, basketball schools right now? It wouldn't be unfair to say that Xavier might be, you know, in the 18 to 30 range. Mm-hmm. Well, in football, being in the 18 to 30 range, that gets you nothing. Like, you're, 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 you're so far from being out of the national championship picture that it's almost like, yeah, great. You know, your team finished, you know, eight and four. In basketball, that gets you a number five seed and, you know, a couple things go your way and you're in the elite eight. You know what I'm saying? And football, you can't like luck up and get get close to a title like that. It's just it's just too many people. You know, how's your offensive line looking? Basketball, you get one one recruit to come your way, and you know that kid sticks around two years, and and, and you know you're off to the races. Yeah, but I I, w- I would say this. I once again, I don't have a pop problem with that formula, and I think that UC's football team had success when I don't know if they purposely had that formula, but when that was in place, when you go from D'Antonio to Kelly to Butch Jones, that was some of the most exciting I times think, in UC football. But I think they got tremendously lucky. Very well could have. I, I don't think that that that, that you um, can, can depend on picking a top 20 coach every time out. And they, I mean, you know, props to – UC and Z- UC football and Xavier basketball for being able to 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 scout themselves a coach because in the past fifteen no years doubt. they've both been been hitting the mark on, on on that point. But Butch Jones could be out at Tennessee here yeah. soon, and I, I don't see Brian Kelly getting fired. Uh huh. But some I, things better go right here. Shortly. I want Brian K to coach the basketball team, but that's a that's a different story from another day. That is. Let's talk about the 2016 Heisman Award winner, Lamar Jackson from Louisville. He won the Heisman, but but he he really won the battle of, of, of the Fendi shoes. How about this outfit? How about let's start with the suit. I know you just mentioned the shoes. Let's start with the suit. The suit was eighty six dollars from Macy's. Hey. And you know what? Once again, you always hear it's all about the accessories. It's all about the accessories. I don't know. I mean, does anyone really can anyone look at a suit and tell you the price of it if if it, if, no. it, if it's tailored right? I mean, as Alex knows, most of Alex's form wears come from Soul Fashion of New York, <laughs> and 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 and. and, and once it was once it was tailored to fit. I mean, you, that's because you, House of Adams closed down. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to do something on House of Adams one day. But yeah, like who, who? Ironically, for those that are listening, House of Adams is the store that sold Bob Huggins his mustard colored suit he wore against UC. Yeah, they they closed down um, earlier uh, early 2015, and. They had a sale, a going out business sale, and, and, and they and they filmed it. They they filmed like people coming in there, and I mean it, it was it was some cat daddies in 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 that place that night, boy. They were 
went in with five dollars. Oh man, you you could you could get literally if you if you had five hundred dollars, you could get thirty suits. No doubt, <laughs> no doubt. But yeah, so he, he had the the he had like a red blazer on with um black lapels, black pants, and they had some um Fendi shoes. It looked like the shoes had um like eyes. Yeah, the cat eyes. Yeah, I, I thought they were they were you know something doing a, a Cardinals motif or whatever because Louisville. But I mean, you know, look if if you spend um twelve hundred on the shoes, you might have to um, go <laughs> go look yeah, conservative. I mean, well, you know, you're you're in college after all. Like you can't you can't come in there with like a uh, this a uh, four thousand dollar Tom Ford suit and people are like, and you got this how right? So, what do you what do you think? And I want to I want to bring this up. I've been meaning to ask you about this NBA draft Heisman. You see some of these guys and how they dress. Man. Whenever the NBA draft comes up every year, they always do a, you know, the blast from the past of what you know LeBron wore and yeah. Tracy McGrady, Mario's guy, and all these guys of what they wore. And some of it's just like, what in the world? Jalen Rose, Jalen Rose, the all red pinstripe. Oh man, yeah. Well, it's always fun to Heisman. Um, they they have all the the old time um, players and. Whenever they 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 run the line of of uh, former Heisman winners, the the one to watch is Billy Sims because Billy uh-huh. Billy Sims and Mike Rozier they're the ones that are most likely to give you some um some some just wild cat daddy suits for from from a different era. Um, yeah, it's weird. Like like um, I think there's like a big competition now. Like 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 people know oh, I want to do something that that that's unique. Right. But but kill them, but it's it goes wrong more often than it goes right, you know. So if, if you were getting drafted, uh-huh. you know you're going to go in the top ten. Yeah. What do you do, Glenn? Do you go conservative, knowing that ten years from now that picture is going to resurface? Yeah, I, th- I think that's the move. I I, I go with a a, a navy suit um, with um, brown brown shoes, brown um lace up oxfords or whatever um and then if possible if you have a, a inkling of the team that's going to draft you then you can gear your game towards that your your, your tie your pocket square or something like right. that you can go with a hat but 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 it, it, it's dangerous <laughs> <laughs> I think, what, what, what kind of hat well you you had an era in which i think a lot of the cats were, were, were doing the 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 master p hats when they were getting drafted uh-huh. and I, I don't think that was um that no, was no, necessarily a good idea. No, no. What would be the master P hat? Uh, it's like a um, like a, a a derby hat, but um, but um, colorful. Like, so so the derby hat would would like might be like, you know, electric blue or something like that. I'm trying to think who who. Um, I think Stromal Swift um, pulled pulled a derby hat. Um, Yikes! In, in a <laughs> <laughs> you brought that name up. Stromal Swift is a player that that. Given his level of athleticism and height, Stromal Swift could have dominated like 15 other sports and chose basketball and somehow did not succeed in it. Right. Stromal Swift could – how could he not be a dominant volleyball player? Right. Or or swimmer. I don't know. Or, 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 or um, you know, goalkeeper in soccer. Now, now, what did he wear? I think he wore a derby hat of some sort. I'm not okay. sure. Yeah. But the suit was pretty chill? I don't. I don't recall. No, but what, you know what? Some some of the younger as 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 I get older, I start to subscribe more to Ralph Lauren's 
um, school of thought as far as fashion, especially when you're going out in formal wear, formal wear, and that is keep it timeless. You know, he said you need to have a main character, and okay. everything else is a supporting cast. Okay, and for him, his ties were the main character a lot. So if you notice a lot of old pictures of Ralph Lauren, he always had the gray suits uh-huh. and he would have the purple tie okay. that would you know always stick out. And he always had something, and it was usually the tie as the main character and everything else is guy. But with these young cats, you just see like my main character so is going to fur coat. <laughs> Mario, what's your main character? Uh my main character will probably be my shoes. Okay. Okay. If if Mario, if you're getting drafted, okay, top ten by, by the Sacramento Kings, no doubt that's who you want to go to, right, Mario? Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> because it's the 26th best city in the league. <laughs> Mario, do you go conservative or are you going all purple? Jalen Rose of 2017. Now I think I'll probably be more conservative. I do a white suit. Black. Whoa, white, that's a, <laughs> white, white suit. suit. That's not conservative. Are you boss hogs? And what? Purple shoes and a black and purple tie. <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> what color is your shirt? Wait, wait, that's conservative? Oh, yeah. Remember remember what he said last podcast about Steve Harvey? Uh, yeah, remember yeah. He, we're starting to, we're starting to get, get some insights into, into, <laughs> into Mario. Into, <laughs> wow. What's wrong with that combo? Well, a white suit is a bold choice. Yeah, that, a white suit with, with black with a black shirt. Yeah, that's that's a bold. Well, because purple when, shoes and purple tie. Well, purple shoes is a wild choice as well. Look, if 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 you if you say you're getting a suit, here is the the um the rankings of standard suits. A number one black, two navy blue, three gray, four brown, and then you start getting risky. Where does white fall? <laughs> white is probably around sixth. Mario? I mean, I have on gold, too, so I think it'll, it'll set it off. So it'll be all right. You, wait, wait, I mean, what? how many people wear white suits that aren't getting married? Wait, wait a minute. You said you're going to have on gold? Like a, like like a gold, gold chain? Yeah. Would you, would you wear the gold chain on the outside, yeah. like near the tie? Would you have a charm with the chain? No, no charm. Okay, so you got you got a you got, but you got to have the chain with the tie. Yeah, man, you are you are you are you are some Sanford and Son <laughs> pimping right now. That's wild, Mario. We love you. You know that. Speaking of, in in segueing, speaking of someone has a lot of accessories, and speaking of dressing, our theme tonight for this episode is the life of actor Johnny Christopher Depp II. Born in Owensboro, Kentucky. Really? Yes. You been there? I've been through there. 200 miles from Cincinnati. Okay. Now, he was born there, but he grew up in 20 different places throughout his childhood, but finally settled in in Florida an area um, close to Miami. Okay. At age 12, he started playing in a garage band, and his parents got divorced. And so when they got divorced, he dropped out of school. He's about 15 years old. And he dropped out of high school, and he joined this rock band. And he attempted to go back to school. You know what the principal told him? He said, play your music, punk. He said, don't worry about school. Follow your dreams. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was horrible advice. And the principal encouraged him to join the band, continue with the band, and see where it takes you. That's, that's Don't come that, back to school. That's horrible advice. That, that principal needs to be, be fired. So, so he formed a band called The Kids. Okay. And if you go on YouTube and type in Johnny Depp, The Kids. You'll see all of Johnny Depp's kids and, and, and nothing of the band. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll see quite a few live performances. Okay. And he played guitar. And so finally the group decided to move to L.A. Okay. And they changed their name to Six Gun Method. Okay. So they're out in L.A. and they're trying to get started. And they, they can't get signed. So they decide to split. So... It's just Johnny Depp, so he's kind of solo, and he's a guitarist, and he decided to work with, do you remember Rock City Angels? No. Okay. Rock and roll group, and I guess he co-wrote the song, Mary. Okay. And at that point, you know, musically, things weren't working out, but what was really interesting is um, he, he thought that music was going to be the thing that took him to that next level where you know he's he got hooked up to get involved with acting. Okay. But real real quick too before before we jump further into uh uh the acting. The 59th annual Grammys go down February 12th. Okay. The nominees for album of the year. You ready? Break it down. Adele 25. All right. Have you heard that album? Yeah, of course. What'd you think? Oh, it was great. Agreed. Beyonce, Lemonade. Yes. And yes. <laughs> My guy, Justin Bieber, Purpose. Okay. Drake, Views. Your guy. <laughs> Sturgill Simpson, Sailor's Guide to Earth. No, I don't know what that is. He's up. The He's na- been nominated. The name recognition of those four compared to that one is, is is about as disparate as it could possibly get. I have never heard of him. If if Justin Bieber was to walk in here, if I had any of those top four people, it would be a mob scene. If that guy walked in here, it would there would not be with with, with five people in, in this building, and this is a large building. Right. Know who that was? Nope. Who do you give the Grammy to? I think they're going to give it to Beyonce. I think the album feels emblematic of the year itself, but I don't think it was the best album of the year. Um, the The real answer, of course, is is, is um, Shrimp Life 2 by Ray Shrimmer. Of course. But, of course um, you would. Of those albums... Views is the one that I played the most and liked the the largest percentage of the songs. It's weird that the Adele album, because that seems like it was more 2015 than 2016, but um, my favorite song out of any of those albums is um, the Adele song, um, When We Were Young, mm-hmm. which is yep. cut. Right. And then she came back with the, um, what's the one? um the write you a letter, mm-hmm. the 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 kind of faster paced joint, which which was which was was fired. I didn't I didn't know it was a deal. I just liked the song, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a deal. Because whenever I d- I don't know a song, I th- I think it's um um Natasha Bedingfield. If I don't know a song, I just assume who it's is that Natasha Bedingfield, the one that wrote that um the book is still unwritten joint. 
um, you know, you've heard that song. I want to sing it. Um, feel the words on your lips. No one else can do it for you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Yeah, that that joint. It was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I'm 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 a talented vocalist. I was once in a band called uh, The Kids, but we we disbanded. <laughs> you were the lead vocalist. <laughs> we we weren't, we weren't getting any. any. I, I want to say something about Drake View's album, and I've been critical of Drake in the past, but <laughs> it's well documented. Well documented. The Views is my favorite album of Drake's. Okay. I thought he had, on that album, he found the sound that I particularly like to hear uh-huh. from Drake. And it's a shame because you were the first person to put me on to Drake. You, you, it, were, you were real pro-Drake early on, and then you soured on Drake. You know what's funny? You're not the only person to say that, so I, I got a quick story. Okay. There was a young man. I was at a uh, graduation party, and... There were about, mm, I'd say about 50 people at this graduation party. And there was a kid, he's a high school kid, goes to St. Xavier here in Cincinnati, and his parents were there. Uh-huh. And his parents had uh, drank too much lemonade that night. Okay. And so they couldn't take their son home. Okay. And he had to get home. Uh-huh. And because he had to be in bed, he had, he had to be up at like 6 a.m. for something. I don't know what it was. So they said, hey, would you mind taking him home? I said, sure. I mean, he lived, like, maybe he lived maybe. How did the parents get home? That wasn't my problem. So, <laughs> so. They're they, still there. They didn't have. <laughs> so, uh, so we get in the car and I'm taking the kid uh, back home. And I had this, uh, I had this CD. Nine months later, they had, a, they had, a, they had a, he had a sibling. <laughs> I, uh, I put this CD in my CD player and I'm playing it. And, and somebody had given me the CD about a week ago prior to me taking him home about a week ago and so <laughs> so I'm playing it and the kids like who who is this this is terrible and I say to him I said man it's this new guy I said someone someone gave me this uh you know I, I don't know much about this guy but I said I'm hearing he's the next big thing uh-huh and he's like what's his name I'm like uh Drake and he's like this dude's garbage and I said, uh, "All right, so he said you regret that." He said, "Remember, remember this conversation, MF." <laughs> well, uh, as we're driving home, the next song comes on, and he likes it. Okay, and he's like, "Are you serious? This is going to be the next big guy?" I said, "My buddy told me." I said, "I'm pretty sure he's a good judge of of musical talent." So I take out the CD and I said, "Here, take it." And he says, "Cool." So he takes it. And he plays it at St. X, and he goes, man, all my buddies love this. Yeah. And they had no idea who Drake was. As a matter of fact, who gave it to me you was- You hit St. X to Drake. Pretty much. And the thing is, do you remember uh, You remember my friend Ilias? No. Ilias was- I don't a, even believe that's a real name. It's his real name. Well, Ilias was in a group that toured with Drake. Okay. So he had early Drake material. Okay. And he gave me yeah, the yeah, CD. He had an 07 Drake. He had the back in the day Drake, and so I w- I was actually a fan of that. Uh huh. So I gave I I still I still never even heard the whole CD. I okay. Gave him. Wow. So I introduced Saint X to Drake. Man, that 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 that's a that's an incredible story, isn't it? V- views from Saint X. <laughs> views from the X. <laughs> All right. So seriously, yeah, your album of the year, Glenn. I mean, I almost feel like it's gotta be 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 views, just as far as the 
of of the albums that I liked that were um large enough to be considered, you know, popular and that people have a a, a large familiarity with. Uh-huh. I probably would, would say that. Like, I, I liked it better than, than the Adele album. I liked it better than the Beyonce album. Like I said, I think Beyonce will win. The only album I, I literally listened to more was was, was Ray Schremer because, you know. Mm-hmm. We know. You we, know, I just ride with that. We know, Glenn, we know. That, that, that. Uh, the Shrimp Life. We. That, so far yeah, we, sight. We, we know. And that sounds off. All right. Mario, I would like to get your opinion on album of the year, 2016. Well, I mean, if we're going off what I what I personally like, I think that the Drake album would, I mean, would get it. But I think based on probably popular opinion, I go Beyonce. Okay, so you, you I would... do, I do want to just put this out there. I think that the 2016 music was very bad. That's my personal <laughs> yeah. opinion. What, 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 what do you have any feelings would... on on Chance the rapper? Actually, I, I did like Chances. Okay. I liked his work. I'm, 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 I'm lukewarm. It feels like, it feels like they want Chance the rapper to be be more prominent than what he's gonna be on his own. How'd you like the um, the J Cole that came out? I loved it. Now, I, I, I do, do want to talk about that okay. for sure. But I, I want to give my album of the year real quick. No, <laughs> which is different. You two agree? Yeah. You you guys are agreeing a lot more. Mario see, sees me as as somewhat of an idol. <laughs> That's not true at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go with album of the year, Rihanna, Auntie. Okay. That that by far is my favorite album of the year. I loved, I loved Adele's. I love Justin Bieber's. You love the way she lies. <laughs> but you, you have to admit, both of you guys. When work came out, you were rocking with that. Yeah, but that's right? more so because that's fifty percent Drake. You were rocking with that, okay? We'll, we'll. Yeah, but but is, is work a better better single than um um I'm too good to you? The answer is no. Well, I got some other singles from her. Okay. Uh, what needed me is the jam. Okay. But sex with me, that that might be the song of the year. I don't know. You know Glenn, what, Glenn? Or Glenn doesn't like that. Mario, do you rock with that? Let's just say I had an experience in Vegas because of that song. And <laughs> <laughs> you have All a right. white white suit on. <laughs> I did not have a white suit on. Oh boy, but yeah, I'm I'm going with uh, I'm going with. Rihanna. I didn't like her singles this year as much as I. I normally really like. You heard like, sex with me? Yeah, you didn't Glenn, like that. It's cool, but I mean, Rihanna's had so many banging singles. It, it, it's. I think Sorry is better though. Yeah, I didn't think she had a single. Talking about Justin Bieber's Sorry. Yeah. 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 His yeah. album's hot. Yeah, Justin Bieber had better singles than Rihanna did. Like for example, I don't think Rihanna's Anti had a single song that ranks as a top ten Rihanna song. And. Like I said, she's got a banging top ten, so it's not like you just you just drop a, a hit and you you can get into that. But I've I've like pretty much this is probably the album that I at least was really even enthralled with 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 hers. Yeah, you didn't like that. As Rihanna albums go, I was I wasn't oh, on it. Man. Yeah. Now the like, now the Bieber, I mean, you know, oh, the, yeah. the, the 
that goes. The the, the the three or four singles would would just 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 dominate. Yeah, he came back strong. I mean, sorry, sure. but sorry to as an all timer. Oh yeah, did you did you hear the song? Um, I, I posted on my Facebook. Uh, Maggie Rogers, Alaska. She was the uh, she was the chick that was on that that uh, I don't know what type of program it was, but uh, Pharrell was on there. Okay, and and they were basically presenting Pharrell with a new artist. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Did you have you heard the song? Yeah, it was decent. I I, I wasn't I wasn't what? Yeah, I wasn't overwhelmed by that either. I Mario, have you heard it, Mario? I have not. I have not heard this song. You ever heard uh, Mario? I want you to judge this song here. It's good. Not feeling this clear? Moving slowly through westward water over glacial plains in a walked off you. Man. And it walked off and me. You feeling that, Mario? It ain't bad, but I mean, it's not. I like it. Yeah. It's a little soulful. Got a nice little beat to it. It sounds like, um,. Gee, what's the girl's name? Hold on, hold on, this part here. Turn it up, Mara. And you said it sounds like what? Uh, I forget her name. Um, but 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 she she she's like the most talented people person going. She was on Charlie Rose um last week um. Dad, what is her name? But yeah, it, it's it's um this one um chick. She plays the piano, and, and she she's probably mm, five or six albums deep. But but her stuff mm-hmm. is, is, is cold. Yeah, find out that name. I want to know about yeah. that. I don't. I don't. You, you have the computer over there. So so. But I am a fan of Maggie Rogers. So I just want to put that out there. Hey, she's got another song that's a banger. I've only heard two songs. I, I can only find. Uh, already retired. I would uh pull out the old fishing rod and. Oh wow! <laughs> Wait a minute. We go from the white suit, sex with me, some adventure in Vegas, to you pulling out the fishing rod. All right, Mario. The life of Mario. <laughs> Back to the life of Johnny Depp. He ended up marrying Lori Allison in 1983, and she was the sister of one of his bandmates from okay. the kids. Now, now here's 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 how things got really interesting. Lori was a makeup artist okay. in L.A. And she introduced Johnny Depp to Nicolas Cage. Okay. When Nicolas Cage met Johnny Depp after talking with him for an hour, he said, you need to get into acting. That's right. So he made some connections, and Depp's first role was in 1984 in Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, wow. Yes. So it wasn't 21 Jump Street? No. Okay. No. That, that, that happened in 1987. So he was in Nightmare on Elm Street, and he gets <laughs> he gets killed by Freddy Krueger. Damn. <laughs> uh, in in 1985, he had another role in Private Resort, and then he had a minor role. Private Resort is what those joints that was like uh, uh, Channel 64, um, <laughs> like 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 as close to porn as you you, you got when you you were uh, <laughs> were 12 years old. 
You got to close the door when yeah, you watch it. Yeah, Prime's always on um, at, at, <laughs> at, at, at midnight. You got the TV guide out Man. looking for Private Resort? Yeah, that was crazy. In 1986, he had a minor role in Platoon. Okay. He was getting some good roles Man. early on, all because of Nicolas Cage. <laughs> now, he became a teen heartthrob in 1987 because of the show you just mentioned. Yeah. 21 Jump Street. Did you watch that? No. Nah. I, I didn't I didn't get the premise that it was it was about uh like narcs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> t- tell the show was probably over. So you weren't feeling it? No, nah, I never watched it. In 1990, Johnny Depp was in a musical comedy. It was basically set in 1950s. It was called Cry Baby. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, he was he was kind of like a, a James Dean esque yeah. character. Yeah, and that and that didn't do well initially, but it was one of those movies that developed a cult following okay. later on, uh-huh. which led him to his nineteen ninety role in Edward Scissorhands. Okay, and that that was great. Edward Scissorhands is is, is, a, is, a, is a true classic. That's probably um, Tim Burton's best work. Yeah. I think Tim Burton sees Johnny Depp as a handsome avatar for for himself. <laughs> so that was his boy, man. Oh yeah, they, I mean, they still do 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 joints today, and I mean, like even in um, like um, the stop motion animation um, pictures, he'll he'll cast um, Johnny Depp as like the voiceover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I don't know if Johnny Depp had a role in um, Nightmare Before Elm Street, but he had certainly he was in the. Um, Corpse Bride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, nineteen ninety was a pretty hot year for movies, and, oh. mo- and one movie in particular came out in nineteen ninety that we need to discuss. All right. Home Alone. Home Alone. The 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 best holiday movie ever. LeBron James posted something on Instagram about this. Yeah, him and him and Kevin Love, and I think a couple other players were discussing the house that um. That Kevin in Home Alone, um, Macaulay Culkin's character, mm-hmm. and said, "This was in Chicago, so like, how much money were they making? Like that that was that was a a, a damn nice home. Yeah, yeah. So so I guess. Um, and then they took the trip to Paris. Yeah, and uh, so so apparently like they were, six of them. Yeah, they, they were caked up first class. Now I think they 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 did some research and they said that actually that was being sponsored by an uncle." So the uncle was paying for the the Paris trip, but still, th- yeah. th- this this is a a paid family. Why why was Home Alone such a big hit? Uh, it just got a lot of things right. I mean, the the story was 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 you know sweet. It was it was it mixed the holidays uh-huh. with the uh, actually a fun story with the kid and Macaulay Culkin at that age was 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 just super adorable. I mean that—that's what made two such a bad idea because, like, you, you can't. <laughs> right, I feel so bad for Hollywood for kid actors because you're never the equivalent cute twice, like you—you you know. But they try to make you that. Yeah, and like five ain't seven, and seven ain't nine, and nine right. ain't eleven. And it's just kind of like you know, you know, unless you're Michael Jackson, no one's trying to see the, this movie <laughs> right. the second time around. What? What? Uh, where does this rank as far as holiday movies for you? Oh, I think it, it, it's damn near at the top for me. I, now I've only seen like like once or twice. I haven't like like you know 
very few holiday movies do I see see fit to take to the lab more than once. <laughs> but I mean, but but most holiday movies just absolutely suck. It's, it's, it's no reason to like every year you just get some some garbage. You're just like, why why are we doing this? Mario looks like Mario disagrees with you. Mario, you have a holiday movie you like? I think that Home Alone is easily number one, but I don't think holiday movies suck. All right, give us some holiday movies you like. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, let's see, Santa the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Jingle All the Way was a great holiday movie. Uh, <laughs> I'll Be Home for Christmas was a very good holiday movie. Man, I don't know. I I, I I'm not even, like I I can see like Elf. I can see Bad Santa, but. The problem is, literally every year we're getting like a Charlie Brown Christmas. Well, that's not a movie; that's a television special. But I'm saying, in general, every year we're getting three to six holiday movies. So, in the past twenty years, we might have like fifty to choose from. If you can name me five of those that are good, that's still a horrible batting average. Like, like people say, like Love Actually. Like, okay, that was. That 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 hit the mark as being you know, you know, smartsy. But I mean, I, I get it. It's it's, it's romantic. It, it it hits the right notes. But I mean, it, it, it's some stuff like you just have like you know, like like Medea's Christmas. Like okay, like you know that that's don't, don't talk bad about Medea. For, for for every Home Alone, you you have five Medeas. Is there a Medea holiday for every single holiday? Is there like Medea's Easter? Oh, we're getting there. He 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 he's checking them off. He's <laughs> Tyler Perry's making a list and he's checking it twice. Man. Speaking of holiday movies, I got a question for you. Is is Die Hard a holiday movie? People have asked that. I I don't I don't consider it. Yeah, I don't think think you can. It, it can't. It has. It, it takes place during the holidays, but I don't think that in and of itself makes it a holiday movie. Do you consider it? Uh, I, I'm really torn because I want to say it's a Christmas movie. I love the movie, but I, I, won't, I don't know if I would classify it as like, you know what? What do I want to watch for like a Christmas, like inspirational movie? Uh-huh. Let's watch Die Hard. Yeah. I think, um, after your, your, your maybe third killing, it ceases to be <laughs> in, in, in the, in the vein of what we normally would consider a, a holiday classic. But I, I get what you're saying because like. There's a thing, too, I think if you, like, there is a certain time of year that you should watch a movie. And even though a movie might not necessarily be um, locked into what we thematically consider a holiday movie, if you're going to watch Die Hard, you don't watch it in March, you watch it in November. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because that that would be more fitting to to what the, the theme would be. Is that where Scissorhands a uh, Christmas movie? No, but I think it's a it's a winter film. I think we could say that. But but I'm saying it's it's, it's several like films that like um, like Sin of a Woman. Sin of a Woman works best in autumn, so it's not necessarily it 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 has no no particular. Um, time frame but 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 that's the time frame in which they're in in the film so so you're saying certain films feel better during yeah. certain just like wearing a white suit 
yeah certain times of the year exactly like you can't wear white pants after labor day so don't tell mario that there, there, there are certain like like you know there's certainly summer films you know what i mean it's oh, not yeah. like you can't watch it you know you can watch you can watch anything anytime right. but but you know you know like um like ferris bueller's day off works better in like you know right a, as we're, we're winding down the school year you know yeah. what i'm saying right i agree well you, you were talking about uh edward scissorhands and and taking it back to Johnny Depp after that's the success of that movie, he decided to take a little break for two years. Okay. So I, I you know he was going through a little bit of a uh, depression. Okay. But he came back. He did. Uh, when is he not? <laughs> you, you, it, there's a couple times where he talks about depression. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that. But um, he comes back in 1993 and he appears in a couple films. Uh, one of which is Arizona Dream. Okay. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. I haven't either. But and then this next one, you'll know, what's eating Gilbert Grape? And that's where DiCaprio. Yep. That, that's the guy to jump off. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was a good film. Who I ran past in L.A. Really? Did I tell you that? No. So so I'm in L.A. and we're doing, um, we're hiking the Hollywood Hills, my friend Asani and I. And we're coming down and there's these set of steps. And my buddy Asani's a big movie buff okay more than i am you know I've, I've watched some movies but he knows like everything about movies and he's in front of me and he's he's going down like full speed i'm behind him and there are a lot of people um hiking down and up and so this guy's like walking by me in the left on my left and he's got a hat on and he's got like this really distinct beard i mm-hmm. look at him i'm like man he looks familiar okay but you know how you just sometimes you don't process yeah, yeah, it no at doubt. that moment yeah and then as he gets about four steps away i'm like wait a minute that was Leonardo. So I, I tap Asani and I'm like, look. And he's like, oh, man. But he was so far up. Uh-huh. I mean, and there were a lot of people who was like, eh, it would be real corny yeah, to run, run back, back up the steps yeah, no doubt. and stop him. So I thought that was kind of cool. That's whenever I see famous people, I, I, I don't give them no sweat. Say whatever. <laughs> Keep it moving? Yeah, you, you, you can get my autograph, too, if you choose to. Punk. <laughs> What's eating Gilbert Grape? What'd you think about that? I don't, I don't remember much about it. Uh, it was um, he was a kid, and his mom was like morbidly obese, and his um brother was um was like learning impaired or whatever. That's who uh, uh-huh. that's who um DiCaprio was, and he was just kind of you know. It was kind of like a depressing film. Like he was just kind of down on himself. It was in like a small town or whatever. And I mean, I don't, I don't really recall what what went down. I think he met a girl and she, you know, they they tried to, you know, turn turn the 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 fortunes of of their world around, or whatever. But I remember it being good. But it was probably been fifteen years since I've seen it. Right. Well, like I said before, he was going through a depression, and he took the role in nineteen ninety four in the movie Ed Wood. Okay, and he really felt like this was the film that got him out of his depression. It was a horse that he could ride. <laughs> this established him. A lot of people considered him a great actor. Okay, after this film, that won the Oscar, right? Yes. Yeah. And then he played alongside shortly thereafter. He played alongside Marlon Brando and Don Juan DeMarco. A a a a player classic. Yes, sir. There 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 is there is. There's too much game in that film that, 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 that I, I, I don't even want somebody to, to watch that because you, you could you could you could you could you could come up off off of Don Juan DeMarco real tough. 
1997, he played alongside Al Pacino and Donnie Brasco. Okay. I mean, he's knocking him out right now. Yeah, Donnie Brasco is, is it's um, I don't know. I, I it's it's one of those films that I, I I argue underrated, overrated, or properly rated, and I don't know. It's pro- probably properly rated. Yeah, you weren't feeling it. It was good, but you know, mafia films are are oftentimes you come into it like with 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 larger expectations, like even like the the. I mean, I'm sure you're gonna get to like the black mass that he was in mm-hmm. which you're just like oh this is gonna be great and it's kind of like eh. right yeah. right well in, in 1999 he took the role sleepy hollow okay and at this point you know he, he'd really taken some great roles and he was being interviewed and depp said that he chose his roles you know based on roles he found interesting not worried about box office sales okay and that segues me to something you asked me earlier, and that was about the J. Cole album. The J. Cole album. And J. Cole has kind of said the same thing that Depp has said, but from a musical standpoint, that he chooses to take on material and put out songs that that feel good to him, less worried about sales. Okay. I don't know if you heard him talk about this. No. And he, he kind of addressed that in um, False Prophets. Okay. When he talks about Kanye and, and Wale. Wale. Did uh, you hear that? Did you hear the song? Yeah, yeah. What did you think about the J. Cole album, For Your Eyes Only? Uh, I felt he made a great album if you were homesick and it was raining. <laughs> what? It's not a bad album by any means, but the mood of it is, like, really somber. Like, it's not... Um, I don't know. Not, not not that I'm expecting it to be upbeat or whatever, but it's something that that I don't think I like play in my car. It's almost like kind of like like really meditative music. Like okay, uh-huh. like, like this is on while I'm like um, fixing like um, soup that involves chicken broth and rice. <laughs> it, it's 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 not it's not like like I think I have a problem with rappers in general. Um, in 2016, other than a handful of rappers, nobody is is attempting to make jams. And when I say jams, I'm talking about if ever, if all the live people in your city got together in one spot, this is the song that turns the party out. That that was the attempt back in the day. Uh-huh. And, and these cats now, give me give me a song for example. Uh, lean back. Okay. Or um, Fat Joe or La 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 by Jay. Okay, you know song or Big Pimpin' by Jay. That, okay. I mean, that, that Jay was the master at it. Jay was making jams. Right, you know, um, I just want to love you. These are these are jams, club bangers, exactly. Or, or, or songs that are meant to just be like, okay, we got the livest raps and we got the livest beats and we put it together and, and we made something wonderful for the people. And nowadays, you're just kind of like everybody's so into themselves. Like I was listening to the, um, the Kendrick album. I hadn't listened to that yet. The, um, um, the unmastered joint that mm-hmm. he dropped earlier this year. And it was like, I didn't like that. I didn't either. And I mean, and, and if you have people who are like, um, the literate society that that's making album reviews, they speak about Kendrick Lamar as if he is 
God incarnate, like 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 the way you would speak about Rock Hill in like 1987, they but, speak about Kendrick, and I'm just like, don't you feel that's a result of some of the other artists that are out now? Like I feel Kendrick, J Cole, and they are good. They're of this generation, my favorite rappers, but in some ways they're a little overhyped because there's not enough guys. Yeah, I feel doing like doing lyrical and and like that's what people want. But you still have to have the product that equals the talent. Like, yeah, like obviously Kendrick Lamar is is a is an A plus plus talent. But if you know Rakim was an A plus plus talent, but you know let the rhythm hit him didn't have as many hits. As, uh-huh. You know what what one banging like like paid fools, right? And you just can't get around that. So I'm kind of like. I get I don't like people applauding the work if it's not up to the level of you know like like you know I feel like people would look at Drake and be like oh well Drake is no Kendrick or Drake is no J Cole and I'm like yeah but Drake just keeps putting out you know for lack of a better term better albums and like I say over and over the most valuable ability you can have as a rapper is the ability to select the right beats. Yeah. And if you can't do that. That's what made Jay-Z great. Exactly. And 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 if you can't do that, it's a, a waste. I mean, there are plenty of spoken word artists that, that got lyrics for days. If you just want bars, like Saul Williams got bars, <laughs> but you got you to gotta get with, with. And that's my argument a lot of times with Nas. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, Nas didn't fall off lyrically. He just didn't come with hits. And I'm like, Pete Rock is still available. Yeah. DJ Premier is still available. I mean, it, it blows my mind that these cats can't recreate the formula when you're just choosing to deny the people that have. I mean, why is Ray Schremert a popping group today? Because Mike Will does all their tracks and Mike Will has about a, a 700% batting average when it comes to making a live track. So can they rap as good as J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar? No. Absolutely not. That That's not even... that's. Not not in your life, but will they put out? Will their next song be better than the next J Cole song? And the, and it it it's more than likely so. And that's crazy because I know the level of talent that J Cole is, but you know this album was just kind of like, yeah. I mean, it's tight. You know what I'm saying? I, I enjoy it, but I can't. I can't. Um, I'm just not. I know I'm not gonna listen to it a lot, and it, and it bothers me. Mario, did you like the album? Yeah, I liked it. I mean, because it's kind of what I expected going in. I mean, I'm I'm very, very big on J. Cole, so it's kind of like I know what to expect from uh, a sideline story until now. Uh-huh. Every, you know, his his mood, it kind of changed, but it's still like the same direction. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, but, I, I really like this album. But the previous album was better, right? Some will say, I, I'd have to, no. well, my, here's my thing though. Here, here's my thing. One thing that I've learned is I think you have to, and, and Twitter has, has caused a lot of issues. They've, they've crowned albums and artists kings before they really have absorbed the That's music. True. And I, and I, I really want to absorb this album before I say that, but I would say that his last album, a lot of people will say is better, but there are some songs in this I really like. I think he... I think he was trying to push himself to to tackle subjects that are a little bit different, like folding clothes, like the concept behind that. Yeah, 
I mean, it's just a, it's just different. I mean, it's still the same type of stuff you hear, but he presented it a different way. I like Neighbors. I love Change is my favorite song on the album. I agree with that. That's that's he he's going on that one. So I, I mean, I like the album a lot. But for some reason, lately, I've been really big in the Born Center. And I was not a big fan when that album first came out. Uh-huh. But for some reason, you, now, I, I like it a lot more. You know you know, one thing with, with J. Cole is you can listen to his music, but then to go to his concert and see him live, it will change your impression of that album. And the last tour, I had about three or four people that went to J. Cole's concert with me that were kind of like, eh, I like Drake better, but I'll go to J. Cole. Yeah. And they left there like, yo, J. J. They weren't saying like, you know, he's better than Drake. They were they were messing with that album big time. They never went to a Drake Drake concert. Drake Drake, I've been to three Drake concerts, and I haven't been to one. Why have you been to recently? Four? <laughs> they they were so bad. I mean. He, you know what? You know, Drake's problem performing was, and I don't know if he's changed or gotten better. I assume he has. He had a broken leg. He got, <laughs> he got caught up in the crowd a lot when he performed. Okay. So he lost track. Like, he would get hyped and start jumping around and, and dancing. He would lose track of where the music was. Okay. I mean, because the people are feeling it. You got a lot of ladies there screaming. Yeah. Not like we talked about with Rakim. Uh-huh. Rakim gets out there. You you ain't you ain't breaking Rakim on his stride. Yeah, <laughs> Rakim is about is about this performance. He's straight ahead. Yeah. So, uh, did any thoughts on the uh, the the Wale Wale responded to J Cole, which I thought was a hot track. Uh, I mean, it was decent. They they, they were both respectful of one another. I mean, he wasn't dissing 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 Wale, and Wale wasn't dissing him. It was interesting to have. Um, two high level rappers like having a conversation with one another that's not a diss, like because right. has right. that ever happened? Like that's almost no. like unique in, in hip hop that you actually had people talking without you know cutting each other up. So so I think I would like to see that happen more, but it, it's weird because how many people have the gravitas and respect for one another? that you can actually talk about somebody's career in terms of what you want from them. Because right. like right now, like I'm speaking out essentially now, if I'm not an artist, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't really, I'm not super into this J Cole album, but I'm not dissing J Cole. But if someone was to hear this, they could easily define me as dissing J Cole. Mm-hmm. And obviously if, if I was the MC, people were like, Oh, he, he dissed J Cole on, on, on the radio. Right. And I'm like, what? So, yeah, I mean, I, I really think this is interesting. I really haven't formulated an official opinion on it, but, but I'm happy that it went down and it wasn't like, you know, craziness ensued. Sure. Now, what do you think this would do to Kanye? I mean, Kanye came out of the hospital and he's got this this blonde. I know that's Chris one of Brown your theories. Thing. Huh? I know that's one, that's one of your theories, right? When uh, when, when somebody turns turns blonde and they're, they're, they're Something, something's going on with them. There is no doubt about that. <laughs> we can go on and on with the list of folks. It's, it's been, it's been a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I heard Kanye was working with Pete Rock. Which, which I hope so. Whenever I hear so work with Pete Rock, I don't know if you've seen a the smile on your face. Have you seen the new De La Soul video with Pete Rock? Um, I, is that the one where they're driving and they've got the tuxedos? Yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. And anything with Pete Rock just, just makes me happy. Absolutely. So. I'm hoping Kanye 
gets the idea that we want the old Kanye. But 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 he <laughs> he just now Kanye. said in, in Pablo that 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 you know basically saying he's not gonna give that to us. So yeah. it's weird. Like I, I never understand why um obviously artists should progress, but at the same time, if you're the best at something, you know, I don't want to see Michael Jordan play baseball. And Kanye is basically saying, like, oh, no, now I'm going to play baseball. Yeah, yeah. And how dare you for not allowing me to 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 pursue baseball with all the 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 fanfare that I I, I, I played basketball with. Right. And now I'm going to try some hockey. Yeah. And now I'm going to try. So it's kind of like, you know, I, I, I think someone challenging Kanye will make for a really good product. So I'm almost happy about that. I don't. I don't like that, you know, if he's actually going through, you know, something, you know, he's having mental health issues that someone is you, you never know how much of, of Kanye's behavior is Kanye being a jerk or is Kanye actually going through something, you know, medically diagnosed right. that 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 we would be jerks ourselves for judging harshly. But that's where we're at. Yeah, he he's given he's given ample reasons for us to be on either side, no doubt. I, Pirates of the Caribbean. Have you seen these? There have I, been multiple. I've seen. Ones. I think I've seen two. Okay. Yeah. Do you like those? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, me and my ex, we were we were. I was chilling at, at her crib back when that that was current, and it's like, oh, okay. Like I I, I didn't think I, I I'd, I'd like it, and I was like, okay, this is this is decent. You know what I'm saying? My nephews got me hip to it. Okay. Yeah, they got me watching it. Okay. Isaac Isaac really loved it, so he got me watching. I'm like, these are really good. And, and the thing about it, uh, what Johnny Depp said was to play the role of Jack Sparrow, he decided to channel in Keith Richards, <laughs> Keith Richards yeah. and Pepe Le Pew. Wow. And he said when he mixed those two, you know, one character and one actual person, he said – there's a lot of me in that person. And I feel like Johnny Depp has really not stopped yeah, being he, Jack Sparrow. He's, he's, he's continued with it. Don't you feel like that? Like yeah, he, that, that, that does feel like, like, like that's, that's kind of an a, a accurate distillation of, of what his personality <laughs> is. That's why Angelina had an issue. <laughs> what a trippy out about that is that, that Disney, Disney is such a money-making machine that they basically said, you know what? All of our signature rides, they're getting films. Yeah. <laughs> we just got to go down the line. Tomorrowland, to, to film. Uh, Haunted Mansion, film. Mm-hmm. Co- Country Bears, in production. <laughs> no, but he once he did the Pirates of the Caribbean, he kind of started getting into a different lane. You know, think about Willy Wonka. Okay. Yeah. You know. Another Tim Burton, Joy. What do you think about that one? Uh... I started watching it. I don't know if I finished it. Um, not equal to the Gene Wilder film for for sure. Oh, no doubt. And I was kind of disappointed because if you you, I want the world of Willy Wonka to be expansive, uh-huh. and it was always cool in like um, the original joint. Like the Chocolate Factory was a large place, but it was pre CGI limited to what you could actually um, have in like a, a real warehouse. They had to actually produce the chocolate river. 
Well, in 2012 or whenever this was made, you could have made the visual equivalent to, to, you know, the 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 new Apple headquarters could have been, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the breadth of space that you could have made the actual chocolate factory look like you could just go go hard to paint with that. And I didn't feel they 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 lived up to to what the technology would have allowed them to accomplish. Uh-huh. Well he also was in Sweeney and, and Todd. I, and I hate that. <laughs> he was also in Sweeney Todd. I never saw that. You didn't? No, I know I know the play was was, was yeah, yeah, yeah. um Tony Award winning esque. Right. It was okay. it was okay. How about before I want to skip, I want to skip up a little bit, but how about when he went to Australia with Amber Heard? Okay. Do you remember this? Mm-mm. And they were coming back. This just happened recently. Okay, this was in 2015, I believe it was in May or something like that. And he had his dog. Okay, and they were bringing this uh, Yorkshire Terrier back. Uh huh. And I guess it was illegal for them to have that dog. Okay. Did you hear about this? I think I did hear something about and that. And it was like a big deal. I mean, they were talking about putting him in jail and her in jail. and hey, It's the laws of their land. <laughs> yeah, it was like crazy. And then that led to Amber Heard shortly thereafter filed for a divorce and claims of abuse. Okay. Now, she received $7 million wow. out of their divorce. And guess what she did with the $7 million? She bought dogs. <laughs> <laughs> she gave it to charity. Oh wow! How about that? Well, you can't call her a gold digger when she's giving when she's giving that type of <laughs> a cast to charity. That's crazy. Yeah. Do you know much about Amber Heard? No. I, I don't know much either about about her. I, I get her and Amber Valletta confused. You you, you know what? Is uh, she a singer? I don't know if she sings. Oh, okay. I know she she acts. But, okay, but I think if he's not on his second, no, you know what? He's had two marriages. Did he ever hook up with Angelina Jolie? They were in movies together, but I don't uh, assume they were. I think they were seen dating and stuff. Okay, I don't, that's I don't what, know that they ever. Yeah, I often kind of wondered, like, because they seem they seem like they should be a or should have been a couple, even if they weren't. Right. Another weird thing on the music I heard earlier today that. Um, the number one CD this year was actually Mozart. What? There was a Mozart CD to celebrate, I guess, his 225th either death or anniversary of his birth. And the CD collection had over 225 hours worth of music, and it came with 220 CDs. Well... 6,000 of these CDs packages sold. Uh But because of the amount of CDs per package, that counts. So it was 1.25 million CDs, and that became that that top Drake or whomever else. Not not as far as actual when you equate um, um, digital, but as far as physical CDs, 2016, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, your number one, your, your number one spot. That's crazy. How, how insane is that? Where'd you see that? Uh, online someplace. I think it was, might have been Hype Beast, whatever. By the way, Amadeus, 
that that's one of my top five movies. Really, the the nature of talent never never more fully explored than 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 in Amadeus. Who was all in that? I forget who was Amadeus, but um the um um the main character is um Salieri, and he is played by um gee I forget his name. He's 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 a classically trained actor that that's always good like like everything that he's been in, but um. The the essential deal with the the story is that it's being um, his the story of of, of Mozart is being told by his um, rival, who is like a better person, like more ethical, uh-huh. um, more religious, more devout to God, and and is like super jealous of the fact that God is somehow bestowed the talent upon Mozart and not him. And because he's like the head of the music division in like the King's court, he more than anyone else is, is able to perceive just how secondary he's, he is in comparison to him. It, uh-huh. it would be as if like Jim Harbaugh was telling the urban Meyer story and only he truly knew how inferior his, <laughs> his, his, his program is. Mario is just, Looking down. Yeah. That's crazy, though, with the, the CDs. Yeah. I mean, the, the music industry needs to change how they how they oh, do things. Cause, no doubt. Because every year it, it, it takes it, new twists and turns on, like, oh, yeah, this is the leading lead album of the year. And yeah. it's like, yeah, Garth Brooks, number one selling artist of 1993. Like, okay. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. Well, hey, Glenn, real quick, I want to bring in someone for our segment, Walk-Ons Against the World. Okay. Back Let's, to this. Yeah, we got another walk-on here. Who the, we, hell is, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> University of Dayton. Dayton Flyers. Dayton Flyers. We have a walk-on. He's a sophomore, 6'1", from St. Xavier High School, Jack Westerfeld. Now, does he know that you you, you hit say <laughs> next to, to Drake? I don't think he does because I think he was too young okay. when this happened. You never know. The trickle-down effect. Every Everybody from St. X should know that you, I— You brought Drake to X. Yes. Every everyone should know. Jack, you there? Yeah, I'm here, mate. What's up? Good. How you doing, man? Doing pretty well. How Good. about you? Good. I got Glenn, my co-host here. What it do, man? What's up, Glenn? How are you? Oh, taking it easy, bro. Hey, what'd you think about that uh, state uh, championship with the football team this year? Uh, unbelievable, to be honest. I mean, did not expect that at all, whatsoever. So. Now, they they had lost five games during the regular season. I don't think any team has ever done that in the state of Ohio and come back to win a state championship. Yeah, I not that I counted them out, but that, uh, uh, something else, something you, else. You counted them out. Uh, come on now, <laughs> you can never never count out the bombers. Never that, count out the bombers. That long line of blue, isn't that, isn't that what they say? Something like that, you know, the long blue line. Long blue line. There we go. There yeah. we go. Now, there you go. Let, uh, tell us a little bit about your high school career at, at St. X. Now, you shot 91% from the free throw line. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, free throws, uh, definitely a strong part of my game, I'd say. But uh, I remember the three I missed. Don't remember that. You remember them? Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. Were, they, were they big three, uh, uh, free throws? Like, no, like, no. Two, two of them were in a little Christmas tournament in Indy, and uh, – one was at uh, the your home, the Roger Baker Spartans. Against my Spartans. Did the Spartans beat yeah. you guys? No, they did not. But I did go, I think, you know, like three for four from line that night or whatever that was. But 
Yeah. Okay. So so how was your Saint X career? Uh it was it was good. It was uh everything I could have asked for in most ways. Uh, a lot of lot of fun, but uh sometimes a little challenging, I'd say. Because you guys were in one of the toughest leagues. They they actually ranked the GCL as one of the top sports conferences in high school in the entire country. Yeah, I, I believe it. I mean, tough everywhere around, for sure. Top to bottom. Yeah. So how do you go from St. X to the University of Dayton as a walk-on? Uh, definitely a tough adjustment to start. I mean, I go from someone that you know plays a lot of minutes at St. X and all that stuff, and then I go to, you know, you know, walk on a Dayton where I practice sometimes and you basically do what I, what I can, what I'm told. And I don't know, big, big adjustment, but I've enjoyed it. The adjustment and I've, I've learned so much here at Dayton. So that's been big now, for me. Now, now how'd you end up as a walk on? What, what was the process you went to, went through? Did you contact one of the coaches, one of the assistants? Uh, yeah, I, I contacted, uh, one of the assistant coaches up there now who was a grad assistant back when I contacted him through that. And basically I visited a couple of times and eventually got a trial uh, later my senior year and just tried out once. And that was it pretty much. And it was a done deal. It was a done deal. Now you, you love Notre Dame. That is true. I do love Notre Dame. And, and, and I, I don't want you to, to put you on the spot with this, but you would have loved to have been a walk on at Notre Dame. If the, you know, if it all worked basketball out, basketball right? Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for basketball Rudy. Yeah, if it all worked out, Notre Dame would obviously be the school I would I would have loved to go to. But nowadays, uh, I'm not I'm not smart enough. You know, I got to get that 36 on the ACT. No, I don't no, think that's no. happening. No, I, I believe you're smart enough because I saw that in the Atlantic 10 last year, you were on the commissioner's honor roll several times. Yeah, yeah, uh, both semesters. Hopefully, a third semester here coming up, but. We'll see. Now, now, how tough was it? Your freshman year, now you're a sophomore now, but your freshman year, did you see any action on the court? Freshman year, I got uh, I got one minute in the exhibition game and about another minute the first game of the year, and that was that. How tough was that? Definitely tough. I mean, coming from high school, as I said, you know, playing a lot of minutes and whatnot, but I don't know. It's just a completely different experience, so it's not not the end of the world. I, I love I love you to walk on here, so no complaints, really. Now, I've asked other walk-ons, and I talked to Zach Tobler, who's the walk-on at the University of Cincinnati, Sam Frere from Ohio uh, University, and I asked mm-hmm. them, at any point, did you want to quit? Did things just get mentally draining? You don't play a lot in the games. Did you want to quit at any point? Uh, I wouldn't say I wanted to quit, but there were times where I was definitely like, like, wow, like, you know, this is a lot here going on. Like, I got all this school, I got basketball, you know, a lot of time for something that, like, you know, you're not, you're, you don't play, stuff like that, practice, it's like, you might practice some, you gotta, you know, whatever your name's called, but I wouldn't say I ever really felt like I wanted to quit at all, and I'm, of course, glad I didn't, because I love it, so. Yeah, now, now, how are you doing this year? Doing well, uh, already, you know, got a, uh, got about a minute and a half in, under the books, so, <laughs> you know, it's getting a little better, increasing every year. Have you got any shot attempts? One free throw, and I missed it. You know, talking about my free throws. <laughs> oh, wow, 91%. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. Well, that, that's that, 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 that falls in the nine. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the thing was, I wasn't even that nervous. When I, I wasn't nervous when I shot it. more of an anxious feeling. So, you know, 
No, it's not like I was nervous to go up there to the line. I was full anxious and, you know, one one. One two shots, maybe. Don't be afraid to shoot underhand. Oh. <sighs> I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, now, Glenn, Glenn has this theory about underhand free throws. It's been it's been proven. When 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 Will Chamberlain <laughs> broke broke the record, yes. he was shooting underhand, shot shot eighty five percent for that game, and did that the whole year. Had the best stats of his career, and because of peer pressure, stopped doing it. That is that is true. That is true. So 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 Jack, who are some of the some of the best players you've played with at UD? The best players that I've played with at UD? Yes. Um, I'd say pretty much the, the seniors now. So we have four seniors this year, and all of them I mean, are very good in different ways for the team. So we have uh, Scooter Smith, our point guard. Yeah. Great all-around player, great passer. And uh, Kyle Davis is probably the best defensive player I've ever played with, guard anyone, personally, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, Charles Cook, uh, he's Great scorer, all-around player, defensively also. And then Kendall Pollard, great inside player, tough, undersized, but plays like he's seven foot. So, I mean, all the, all those guys are, I mean, they're all special in their own you know, different ways. So, Do any of them have the potential to be in the NBA one day? Uh, yeah, I think Charles Cook does for sure. I mean, he's got, he's got the size, uh, definitely the athleticism. So, Stay close. Not, stay, yeah. stay close to those guys that might get drafted. <laughs> just, yeah, for sure. Just, just FYI, <laughs> yeah, just a little walk on advice. <laughs> yeah, that's good walk on advice. Hey, were you you were born on June six? Is that right? That's correct. Do you know who else that was born on June six that was famous? I, I don't think it was you, so I'm, no, I'm not sure. No, I'm May, not sure. I'm May twelfth. Yeah, yeah, I, I know you're not June six. I'm not sure. You, have you ever heard of Freddy Krueger? I have. Yes, I have. Robert England, an actor. Oh, that's was, a fun fact. Was that is a fun fact <laughs> for you? That's a random there fun fact. That is a, a random fun fact. <laughs> that is, and we were talking about Nightmare on Elm Street earlier in our podcast because every podcast has a theme, and our theme today is the life of the actor Johnny Depp. And so, okay. I'm just trying to bring it all around. You see that? You see how, see yeah, how it works? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, let me ask you this question too. Do you like donuts? I, I do, yes, I do like donuts. What are your what's your favorite donut from from which company store or whatever? Oh, my favorite donut is definitely the whole Holtzman donut. Uh the like the cinnamon twist one. Okay. Ah. We're having yeah, a donut by, by challenge far. and 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 Krispy Kreme has defeated all all the challengers, but we still have two more to go and we're looking at, at um Holtzman's to be the final the final frontier this year. Yeah, Holtzman's is I think by far the best. Okay. All right. We're we're gonna take we're gonna make note of that. Now, yes. let me ask you this question. I don't I don't know if you know this, but I, I put a challenge out to all the walk ons. Mm-hmm. And that is to beat my walk on scoring record for one game. That that is a tough record. It is. That is imp- it's impressive. It's tough. Do you do you think you've got to tell the coach that that's what you're trying to do and have him like get you in at like if the score, let's t- tend to make a deal. Like, look, if we're up by twenty with three minutes to go, I- I'm gonna need you to let your boy, your, your boy, get a- get his shot attempts going, and and, and that's oh, how you do it. I wish it were like that. 
Not, not but, we'll, 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 we'll write a letter on your behalf. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. <laughs> we'll make some calls. Now, I need to come out and check out uh, check out a game or two. You do. You do, for sure. In, I mean, any big home greater, games? Uh, I'd say our biggest home game, well, we play Vanderbilt the 21st of December, okay. coming up here. And then we play Rhode Island at home on January 6th. And those are probably that should be a good two one. of the biggest, yeah. Two of the biggest home games. My Bearcats uh, played Rhode Island a month ago. Yeah, yeah, I saw, I saw some of that game. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this last question here, Jack, and I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Can you tell us one story so far in your walk-on career that you'll never forget or just a great story you might have playing at playing at the University of Dayton? Um. Ah, uh, um, great story I got. Come on, every walk-on has to have a great story. I know. I, I mean, I got some. I got some good stories, but I, I mean, I don't know if I can share them necessarily. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> I've, I've got a lot of those with Huggins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, more more so of those. But you, you, you've got a good one in Coach Miller. I know him uh, decently well, and know his brother Sean Miller uh, really well. Yeah. Definitely a very good coach. Oh, for sure. One of the best. So, I think so. So, uh, one thing I want to ask you real quick. Do you look at the schedule and do you circle the games that you think you can get into? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. That's the best part of the season. The schedule coming out every year. <laughs> you it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's, not the, it's not the Rhode Island games. It's the, you know, the you know, other games. The first game of the year and a couple games like that. Sure. Definitely. Well, I plan to attend a game soon. And uh, if I come to a game and you get in, I need you going after that record now. I need you shooting the Uh-oh. ball. The, the quest for eight. I'll, I'll, I will be trying. Don't worry. Don't yeah, worry. And don't don't pass. You know, don't don't. Someone. Wants... Don't, that's not my vocabulary. <laughs> good, good. Well, hey, good luck the rest of the season. Good luck to you and your Flyers. And uh, thank we'll, you. We'll definitely uh, we'll, we'll definitely if you score or score a couple points in the games, we'll make sure we mention it here in the future on the on the podcast. Perfect. Appreciate you having me on. All right, Jack. I'll talk to you, buddy. All right, see you, Mitch. All right, take, take care. care. I'm telling you, Glenn, man, that, that record is... Uh, it's harder than you think. 34 seconds, too. I mean, everyone says, oh, seven points. That's just two three-pointers and, 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 and a two-pointer. Or, or two three-pointers and, and a free throw. Free throw. But, yeah, but, yeah. but, you know, it's, it's more to it than that. Oh, absolutely. A lot of things, because, you know, there's nine other guys on that on that court. Well, a lot of people don't realize that. <laughs> well, here's the thing, too. I could have had 10. Uh-huh. Well, here's how the story goes. So I, I, I have seven. Oh, please regale us. <laughs> oh, you know, I love telling the story. I throw a post pass to, to one of our post players, Aaron uh-huh. McGee. I'll put him out there. Aaron McGee catches it in the post. The guy guarding me sags off to double down in the post, Okay. which leaves me open. Was this after you had seven? After I've had seven. Okay. And so what's the crowd yelling? Yeah, he, he he doesn't want to get to the hot hand. So he catches it, turns right shoulder, and throws up this jump hook. Uh-huh. Misses it. Ill-advised. Ill-advised. Yeah. We get in the locker room, and Coach Huggins lit him up. Oh, wow. Could have had ten. Could have had ten. Could have went for double figures. It would have been. If you went for double figures, that would have just been epic. Well, the the, fun, the funny thing is, at the beginning of the year, they get the uh, the program, you know, the the programs they pass out. They get the um, 
your profile ready. Okay. And one of the things in my profile, they asked, what are your goals? Uh-huh. And I said 10 points in a game. 10 points in a game. And Dan Horde. A single double. <laughs> Dan Horde, who does the games on Channel 19 at that time. Okay. He would mention that All right. occasionally in the games like, Meacham's goal is to get to 10. Yeah. And that one game, Dan Horde was so hyped when I had seven. Oh, man. So I hope he yelled at uh, Aaron I, McGee. I hope Aaron McGee burns in hell. <laughs> well, Aaron McGee ended up transferring to Oklahoma. Okay. And he played alongside. Uh, Where he stopped the other walk-ons from achieving their dream. <laughs> <laughs> the walk-on killer. Yeah. So anyway, uh, back to our guy, Johnny Depp. Were there any Johnny Depp movies, just moving right along, that, that really stuck out to you? Uh, not really. I mean, like like I said, Scissor Hands to me is, is, is the best. That's such a kind of like melancholy whimsical poetic feel to it um the 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 score to that is legendary uh-huh. yeah i think um i forget his name the guy who who does all legendary scores there's basically two dudes hans zimmer okay basically hans zimmer and um john williams do every, every score everybody else is, <laughs> is just playing for third place <laughs> yeah but you know the the thing with Johnny Depp and and we've talked about this in the past is it's like you know where does he go from here yeah and it seems like he's in a little bit of a weird space yeah well well you get to that age in which you're no longer the heartthrob and you get like in your 50s and then you're kind of like are you the parents of people in movies are you um a businessman it's kind of like where where you're moving to the era that um that like um, I want to say Clint Eastwood, but who's um, you know, like Tom Hanks is kind of uh-huh. in, 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 occupying that that space as well as um, um, what's his name Han Solo? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but yeah, like you get to that point in which you're kind of you 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 have these roles, but you're not like. I don't know. I mean, even Denzel's kind of in the, at that point now that you're you're playing like fathers and, and older people, and you're not like the action person or the, right. or, or the the leading man, so to speak. So I don't know. I mean, you know, he saved his money. I'm sure he, he he's he's well enough. And and I don't know how many of the the whenever he needs a check, they can trot out another pirate. Pirates. Yeah. <laughs> well, one more wife, and he's on three. Yeah. Well, you know my. You know my thing with with, well, with famous people and three wives. Once you get two down, you you're know right, you're the, right there. the third the third one's coming. Yeah, it's easy. And is I, I think once you get your third, like you know, if you're like late fifties and you get a a thirty year old woman, eh, that's pretty good. That, 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 that'll take you to death. <laughs> well, some people worry about Johnny Depp and how long he'll live with his drug abuse and alcoholism. Uh huh. He's had depression. <laughs> well, that's, 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 a, that's a strong combination. <laughs> it seems like a lot of people have had that in the acting world, but yeah, you you wonder. And he's talked about recently in the the last interview he did that he's going to retire okay. from acting and just disappear. Well, I mean, I wonder how much he he talked to um, Brando because Brando kind of yeah had a weird late late fade. I mean, he he would act in certain stuff, but he didn't. It you know it kind of let itself go you know but he was probably three hundred pounds by the time he, yeah, he he was he died so I don't know I mean he seems like a dude that, that that's this kind of subscribes to you know alternative thoughts so 
it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, hopefully that doesn't depart anytime soon, the way, the way 2016 has been going, I tell you. Yeah, and, and, and next podcast, we we're, need to get into that, Glenn. Yeah, I think we're just going to have a, a, a rundown of every, everyone that died last year of, 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 of note because – it's just, it's it's been enough deaths for five years as far as like like just, just heavy hitters in the game. No doubt. Yeah. Speaking of heavy hitters. Speaking of heavy hitters. We want to go to our blast from the past. All right. Our our, our music uh, segment here. Not Mozart. Not Mozart. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna talk about the rapper Todd Shaw, aka Too Short. Oh man. Born in Los Angeles. Really. Yeah. Not Oakland. Raised in Oakland. Okay. Too short. He he's he released quite a few albums before really he became before he came to prominence uh, with his first real album that people got hip to in 1987. That was Born to Mac. Okay. But the album that I want to talk about today. Now sometimes we talk about songs. Sometimes we just talk about artists. In this case today, I want to talk about his album, Life Is. Too Short, okay. his 1989 release. All right. What are your thoughts on Too Short, Glenn? Uh, too Short is a, a, a different character in the fact that when he came out, it was pretty much um, everyone just liked the, you know, liked his music. Like, okay, this, this is this is some cool stuff. It wasn't wasn't um, uh, challenging the world as far as best lyricists is concerned, right. but everyone was good with it. And then maybe two or three years into it, people started to be like, you know, Too Short really can't rap. <laughs> <laughs> and it was kind of a weird term because we all were were, were good with, with like early Too Short uh, music, but I think as people kind of came around to like just the whole um, pimp scene or whatever, Too Short became like one of the cast that really seemed to be like most authentic in the game. Yeah. And then, um, you know, ten, you know, th- this year is the 10th year anniversary of blow the whistle and blow the whistle just brought everything back full circle. Like, like, like there, there've been few songs. I was more happy for the artists that they had, had a, a late in the game hit than, than blow the whistle. Cause blow the whistle is a, is a, is a, is a, is a banger all, all, all week and twice on Sunday. No doubt, and I, I've got to blow the whistle story. I, I know. I, I was in Vegas, and Mario was in Vegas. Mario, first of all, do you are you familiar with Two Shorts material? I know you're young. How old are you, Mario? So our audience knows. I'm 27. 27. How familiar are you with Two Shorts music? His his like early music. I'm not really too just, familiar with. Yeah, just but just I know a lot of the work that he's done with Jay Z. Okay. So I think that's how because Jay Z was on the Blow the Whistle remix. Yeah, as you said. Yeah, he knows Blow the Whistle though. That's yeah. all you need to know. I do oh, know yeah. Blow the Whistle. Blow the Whistle is, 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 is the best two short song. That, that that is a great two short song. I say Life Is Too Short. That's yeah, that, that, that's the most iconic. But but Blow yeah. the Whistle is, is is he's such a more improved rapper by by two thousand and six than he was in in nineteen eighty nine. Well, I was in Las Vegas. This was some years ago. It might have been eight years ago, for an AAU basketball tournament, and we went to a nightclub in Vegas. And it just so happens that the two folks working the front door at this particular club were from Cincinnati, and I knew them. One of them was Aaron McKee. No, it wasn't Aaron McGee. 
He blocked me from going in. <laughs> so um, I, I knew I knew they were there, so that's why uh, on purpose I went to this particular club. So we we go in there, and, and the guy, Todd, that's working the door I went to college with, he's taking me around the club. And what he did at the club was he handled basically the VIP parties. So if anybody that was famous came to this club, he would make sure that they were taken care of. Okay. And – so there was like a billionaire billionaire there, and somebody else was there that was famous. I can't remember who it was, but so we were there. And, Johnny Depp. And he was, uh, he was saying that occasionally artists come in and perform randomly. Okay. He said Wyclef was there a week prior and just got on the stage and started playing his guitar. Okay. And so I'm there, and I'm, I'm, I'm with a buddy, and, and we're sitting there, and we're, we're drinking on uh, some Sprites. And we're we're talking, and all of a sudden, you just hear somebody yell, "Biad!" And I was like, I looked at my buddy. I was like, "Did you hear that?" Wow. And he was like, "Was that?" And then we hear it again, and then this beat comes on, and we turn around and look, and and like right in front of me, standing on the stage, Shorty the Pimp, too short. Wow. And he rocked the crowd. Nobody expected him. So. He <laughs> Why would you? Nope. I was like, "What is that? Too short?" He didn't blow the whistle. It was crazy. So and and, they, and, and, and the whistle blew. <laughs> so he gets off the stage. He goes up to the VIP, and of course, my friend controlled the VIP. Okay. So guess where I end up? You, right, right in the scene with too short. Absolutely. And this is back. I didn't even have a camera on me. There were no camera phones. So I'm talking to too short. Yeah. Just hanging out. Oh man, I'm gonna tell you, man. That he was so cool. He was like, yeah, you you just couldn't believe. I remember the exchange you told me that, that that you all said, which I, I can't share on the, <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna leave some stuff out. <laughs> yeah, that that was definitely a, a moment I won't forget. But uh, let, let's talk about the album. Life is too short. What do you remember about that album? Is that the one where he's on the? It's like um, the Cadillac on the cover. No, that was Born to Mac. Oh, okay. Um, and and that album was okay. Is this the one where he's on? It's like a bunch of money on the cover. No, this is the one where it's he's he's in front of the tombstone. Okay. And it's got the blue, and it says "Life is." Okay. And then too short on one side. I got you. Yeah, this to me was you know the album that really took him to the next level because of the song "Life Is Too Short." Yeah. And I think his delivery in the beat. That delivery. Yeah. Bought you a beeper. <laughs> yeah, you, you was in the games. You had a beeper in the 80s. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah, that, that was my track right there. What well, was always the thing, too, that, 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 that had... Um, the same sample as uh, Rakim's microphone theme, uh-huh. but 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 they did it. It was it was enough um, variance into it that 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 um that w- that we, we we let him get away with it. Yeah, but what I liked about Too Short was, especially on that song, was I I don't know how you were growing up, but I I loved a lot of the East Coast rappers. Yeah. So I was so used to lyricism and just a different delivery. But when I heard that Too Short song in particular. It was it was different, but I could ride to it. Oh yeah, no doubt. That, and that was that was the thing. Part of the reason why the East Coast lost the the hold on hip hop is the the fact that 
most communities outside, really New York and Los Angeles, aren't um, aren't very similar to a lot of places in in the rest of America. Uh huh. But like you know, because like you know, people catch the train in New York, right? And like no one catches the train anyplace else, right? And like, there's not gang violence like you know, L- <coughs> any place else. But like in Oakland and Atlanta and you know St. Louis or Chicago, all these cities are kind of more or less like you know one another. So like Oakland rap fit real well with like what Cincinnati rap was doing, right? And someday we've got to get into um, Pimp Daddy. Oh yeah, the, the Cincinnati. If Pimp Cincinnati Daddy. has a classic song, it is L.J. Rap Pimp Daddy. Yo, Pimp Daddy. What? Yeah, with, with the uh, that basically sampled the um, um, Tomahawk chant of Florida State. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, you know the one thing with with Too Short that that I've always respected is I think of all the rappers in the game amongst the OGs, and even the new cats, he's probably one of the most respected yeah. of the hip-hop artists. Not 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 just from a music standpoint, but just people are like, yo, that's a real dude. Yeah, like, I messed with Too Short. Yeah. Have you heard anybody say anything bad about Too Short? No. And Too Short was was, was very respected amongst um, people wearing green and gold. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> he, he had a... His, Pimping, his baby. Oakland, his Oakland A's cap was, was, was more synonymous with uh with with too short than than any particular team is probably with any, any other rapper. Oh yeah, do you remember the song "Cuss Words"? No, on that album. Mm-mm. Yeah, we we can't play that. But uh, <laughs> it goes without saying. Oh, he was he well, was. Why not? Why can't we play yeah, "Cuss yeah, Words"? We're gonna we're gonna leave that one off. Yeah, I, I, that's that's my second favorite song off this album. Okay, but yeah, I and mean, he was also the first rapper really to do the whole biatch. Thing. Okay. No one had done that, I think. I find that personally offensive. <laughs> Why? You were saying it back then? <laughs> I, I do not. <laughs> Just not over a beat. Yeah, man. Yeah, but I, I don't know, you know, what what does a rapper like a too short do now? And and one thing you always say, Glenn, when we do these segments is, what are they doing now? Yeah. Do they do they have a house? Is he rich? <laughs> is he rich? I think Too Short's still rich, right? I mean, he he's um, That's a good question. Isn't he in Atlanta now? I mean, most don't don't most all the rappers move to Atlanta at some point? I guess so. Land is cheap in Atlanta too. Really? Yeah. Atlanta is the suburbs of Atlanta. You you'd be surprised the the amount you your your dollar can stretch. <laughs> now, that's where uh doesn't Tyler Perry live there? And he's building like a Black Hollywood yeah, in Atlanta. B- Blollywood. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, on the on this album, Life Is Too Short, Too Short himself produced the majority of the album. Okay. Keyboards, programming. He was the J. Cole mixing. of his time. Crazy, right? Yeah. No, no one knew that. Okay. Oh, they didn't? I don't think so. Did oh, okay. you know that? I didn't know that, but I didn't know. I mean, like most people that listened to it weren't yeah. like, oh, okay, Too Short was producing this track. Yeah. Well, I mean, it didn't sound too short, so my people were going to for production. So, right. I mean, hey, it is what it is. And do you remember rapping Fote? Oh, no doubt. <laughs> Man. This this was when he. This Players album, Club? This is when he broke out, this Man. album. Oh, he was on there? Don't fight the feeling. Okay. Yeah. Fote is, is, is a is a is a is a, is a, is a cl- 
You talk about classic. Na- we talk about classic rap names. Yeah, rapid the rapid forte at, at San Francisco. <laughs> we got we got to break up uh, Players Club. That that was that that's one of the uh, the the beat is killing, and, and his, his style of rapping is just so. It's just funny, like like oh, the, no the people who was on, the people who was really into the, the 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 pimp rhymes, are just ridiculous. Like like like, rapping Fote, um, who's the other guy? Sugar free, <laughs> like like just 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 wild and like 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 what are y'all doing? Yeah, rapping Fote, a, a classic. I w- I wonder if if rap groups back then. Like like them, fall no the play, limit. Fall the players in the game, this will hold you. Do, <laughs> do you think they realize like, you know what, twenty years from now, we we're gonna we're gonna have a cult following. Like no limit and yeah. and uh what what was juvenile's click called? Oh the hot boys. The hot boys. Yeah. Well yeah, I think everyone one kinda that happens with everybody. Like like, you know, even even groups that, you know, like I'm sure there's somebody right now still checking for like hieroglyphics and, and, and you know, like we still check for native Me? tongue. And <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I mean. I just played that Casual album the other day. Like I said, Casual thought he was so cold. He was. Casual, I love that Casual, casual album. Casual thought he was, he was. Fear itself. I know. Which I just is, listened to that album, man. Yeah. Casual, I ride with that. that. Ne- never had the success of Souls of Mischief. No. Yeah. No. Well, hey, Mario, our producer, has to go to Kroger, so we've <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good enough reason to to to, to <laughs> shut things down. We've got to we've got to uh, shut down the podcast, but uh, definitely a great podcast. I think we uh, we hit upon some good stuff, and I'm off to Florida for Christmas. Okay, so when when is that? When do you, when's the official departure? Uh, I leave Saturday. Okay, and I will be back. Uh, we'll, we'll be back on the uh, sometime the week of the 27th, I believe. We'll, oh, okay, we'll, we'll get back rolling. Cool little, little Christmas podcast. Yeah, have a Christmas break. We can we can discuss the 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 family gatherings and and whatnot. Hopefully, no drama goes down. Hopefully, uh, I can't make I'm, any promises I'm, I'm with that. Buying enough of the, these kids gifts. I'm, I'm basically <laughs> killing them now with the gifts for for the for the for the kids. I know my nephew's got to be like, what a, what a eight you went went on this, and I was. <laughs> <laughs> I just get gift cards anymore. Okay, you just get an an envelope for me. I just get 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 hundred dollar gifts now. I'm just, just like yo. What's the what's the baddest Hot Wheels set they got? <laughs> holla, holla at Uncle Glenn. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of the No Further Comments podcast. I'm your co-host Alex Meacham signing off. Yep. Good night and good luck. <laughs> <laughs>